cool. Hi, so it's Keith here. And Warren. And we're here for another Stab in the Dark podcast, doing another of our remake versus original uh, episodes. This week, we are, slash month, slash year, we are discussing <laughs> Death Race 2000 versus Death Race made in 2008. Um, <laughs> two very different movies. Very different movies. Both mm. kind of of their time, I think. Um, the original is set in a dystopian future. A cross-country automobile race requires contestants to run down innocent pedestrians to gain points that are tallied based on each kill's brutality. In real cheap vision. The lowest <laughs> budget film I think I've ever seen. I've seen some crap. And then the remake in 2008 is Jason Statham. Jason Statham-ing all over the screen. Doing some Jason Statham-ing. Always looking confused and always questioning yourself. Going, Why am I doing this? Why am I going over here? Where's my tea? What am I doing? Why am I criminal? <laughs> Why did you kill my wife? Why am I driving a car? Who are you? I What's like going the, on? The, that this is the order of the chain of thought. Where's my cup of tea? Why am I doing this? Why did you kill my wife? Yeah. I can't think about anything until I've had Where's the car? I've always said the tragedy of ordering coffee is that you have to order the coffee before you drink the coffee. And ordering coffee <laughs> is a real trauma. These days, oh, I got asked about twenty questions. I ordered a coffee the other day, like literally. Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want the other? I ordered a coconut um, ice latte. I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Coconut milk. That was like, and I was ordering another jam drink. Do you want that one as coconut? Like, no. Do you want this? No. Do you want some coconut spirit from there? I was like, no. Just, just to make the drinks as I said <laughs> them to you. And the one thing you didn't ask me was whether or not I actually wanted whipped cream on the other drink, which I didn't. Amazing. So, yeah, all the questions hit the one you want. So, yeah, just being confused, driving a car, but the official blurb, which apparently mine isn't, ex-con Jensen Ames, yeah, that's a name, is forced by the warden of a notorious prison to compete in our post-industrial world's most popular sports car, uh, most popular sport, a car race, in which inmates must brutalise and kill one another on the road to victory. Brutalise isn't really what they do, to be fair. They just ram each other. Like, there's no actual yeah. brutalisation. It's not like they're just beating the crap it's out of each other. It's not like they go back and forwards over each other or anything. Yeah, or, they're not like... Yeah. They're not Kill like, each other bit by bit. Yeah, they're not like cutting bits off each other. They're just killing each other. This was by Paul W.S. Anderson, um, who we are both a fan of. Um, <laughs> and he's obviously directed the Resident Evil franchise. For everybody that's watched those films, suffered through the last one. And he directed the original Mortal Kombat film. Mm. Death Race 2000 was by a guy called Paul Bartel. That's what he did. Slash. Done. He did. Oh, he did Escape from LA. Oh, he was in Escape from LA. Yeah. uh, His movie after Death Race was a movie called Cannonball, I think. Which also starred David Carradine. Carquake. He did Carquake. He did a film <laughs> called Carquake, and it has an exclamation mark. Why are we not watching that movie? Um, it doesn't have Death Race in the title. It's called Carquake. <laughs> That's what Carquake is about. Oh, God bless you, IMDb. Which I think is based in Bristol. Um, this is another story of the secret coast-to-coast auto race across America. The only rule is the first to finish is the winner. Naturally, anyone driving 55 isn't going to win. Well, it depends how fast everyone else is. Oh, Carquake must be uh, the uh, alternate title for Cannonball. They'll need to drive a little fast. Oh, is it Cannonball Run? It's like the Cannonball Run, but oh, it's okay. not that it's like movie. It's like a off. cheaper, earlier version. Oh, yeah, I didn't think the um, the Asylum were out yet. <laughs> Corman yeah, beat is... them to the punch. This actually sounds a lot better and like what Death Race should have been, really, is a race where mm. people die. 
<laughs> oh god, look at Caroline's hair in that in that poster. You're gonna have to put some of these posters up over the um over the video when we put it on YouTube. But yes, that was Car Quake or Cannibal. Oh yeah, that's true. Dave and Gary Carrot Dean is Cannibal. It's in the it's on the poster. Um, I prefer Car Quake with an exclamation mark. Car Quake. Car Quake sounds more interesting. Yeah, much better. <laughs> and he did. Uh, what else has he done? Nothing that I've seen. Oh, he did two episodes of Clueless TV. So in 1996. Huh. Well, there you go. Natural choice for that for that show about a teenage girl and her trials and tribulations of high school, having directed Death Race 2000 and Carquake. Makes sense. Duh. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that's that dude. What he's done, stuff. What he's done. He and he looks weirdly like Woogie out of something about Mary in his IMDb picture. Like you know, oh. when, towards the end when he's all bloated, and he's got like hives and stuff. Mm. He looks like that. <laughs> he looks to be I could have sworn he was the guy who directed um, Reanimator but clearly not oh no that's Brian Yuna right. fair enough so Thanks. yeah not much to say about the rest of his work really like I haven't seen any of them I've watched a bit of the Clueless TV show it's not a spot in the movie a patch of the movie um, but yeah the so should we start with the original yeah <laughs> right the original is a bag of crap <laughs> it is it is a bag of crap it's an utter complete pile of steaming crap I'm not even just talking story I'm not even talking acting I'm talking technically All the, like there's loads of shots are just overexposed it's poorly edited um, the sound is appalling I mean admittedly I watched it on YouTube so it's not going to be a low def version mm. it's just a pain painful to watch from start to finish it's like when you've got a stone in your shoe <laughs> and you could not like oh, this doesn't really happen, I guess. But like, and you're not you like I can't take that out because I'm wearing them and I'm outside, so I've got to walk home with this stone in my shoe. And you know you've got to, you've got to get home, and you've just got to suffer through it. You get back. That's watching this movie. It was <laughs> just painful. I mean, what did you like about the movie, Warren? <laughs> um. Well, it it ended at some point, this but. Is uh, true. Uh, the idea is fun. It's one of those where it's like, oh, there's some interesting ideas. There's a revolution. There's a dystopian future. There's this crazy killer death race thing. There's And, like, they capitalise on none of it. No. First of all, they <laughs> do not establish why this is a, a, a happening effectively. Like, why they're allowed to run over pedestrians. Why, the, like, the public don't just stay home that day. Well, when you got to put up a like, sign, you got to put up a... <laughs> There's one guy who is literally a massive fan of the race that David Carradine plays. He does this hilarious thing where he mistakes Life Sloan, and we'll talk about his involvement shortly, for David Carradine's character. He does the whole pronoun game like, I'm your biggest fan. I named my da- cat, was it cow dog after you, yeah. Mr. Frankenstein, which is David Carradine's character. So Sly Sloan kills him in real life. Um, <laughs> and... It's just terrible. But, like, if you're such a massive fan of the race, how did you think I'm going to go fishing on the day that it's on? Yeah. I'd understand if there were people, like, tied to posts. Like, they've been kidnapped, torn from their families. Mm. They've been forced to be outside. But they have no reason to be there. They know this is going to happen. And they have no reason to have left their house at this point. Yeah. It's like even the two work guys. You think work would give you a day off. Yeah. And any outside activities... You know, the hospital is the only one that makes sense. It's like, yeah. oh, euthanization day. We'll kill all the old people. Yeah. 
I didn't realise that that was the point of the race. I've got to be honest, I didn't pay much attention to like a lot of this movie. But I didn't realise the point of the race was to run people over. So I was like, is he going to get disqualified for hitting those workmen? Apparently <laughs> not. Also, are the cars deliberately shit? I think, I remember, I just read a bunch of reviews on it. And they must have looked good back in the day. Because no! one review I read was someone was like, when I was eight and I first saw this late night, those cool cars were awesome. Now I see them, I'm like, oh God, I see all the bends and the twists I mean, and the rubber. Obviously, if you let an eight-year-old design cars... But it's literally like Hot Wheels meets Wacky Races with David Carradine in a gimp suit. Yeah, which I like to think um, he's the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that was a hard life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, is this character called Frankenstein? They do this whole big thing about how he had his arm replaced or something and how he's hideous. So he has to wear the gimp mask. And then he's like in his car with the navigator going, if you can't see, you can't look at me. I'm ugly. I'm terrible. Look out. And he opens and takes his mask off and he's David Carradine who I don't know is he hideous and then, she, then it's like for most of the movie he doesn't even wear the mask and he's an open top car and, then, and are they are they even filming this race no that, that's again another thing that just like pops up like, I didn't think of it till later in the film yeah I think it's when they start when the uh, revolution starts messing with the drivers and like but everybody just saw that happen on TV it's like, so everybody knows this Frankenstein isn't horribly scarred yeah. Are they just what? blurring his face out? Also, is there a, is there some is there an actual route to this race? I can't really tell because they kind of drive wherever they want. They're in op- wide open spaces where there's no way there could be a camera. Like if it established <laughs> they had like some primitive dashboard version of cams drone, or something, <laughs> or dash cams or something, I'd be like fair play. But there are absolutely no cameras anywhere near them. And and also the president's the president does speeches from China. Or Japan, or wherever the fuck he lives. I don't know why. But um, they look like those ter- self-filmed terrorist videos. I don't think that's deliberate. Like, <laughs> they don't look like presidential addresses. One of them, there's a massive flag in the background, and he's kind of like almost a silhouette. He's just really badly lit. And there's just no excuses for that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, it's just bad. It's bad camera work. And like I say about Sly Stallone being in it, when he first came on screen, I didn't realise it was him because it was so, all the shots were so blown out, I couldn't quite tell. Mm. Can we just appreciate there was a time David Carradine was a bigger star than Sylvester Stallone? I feel like we, I feel we need to. Was it David Carradine who did autoerotic asphyxiation and died? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and can we appreciate that David, <laughs> David Carradine wanked himself to death? Man... <laughs> Died doing what he loved. Oh, I met Carradine a few times. Did you? Was he masturbating at the time? No, he was oh. uh, really good friends with one of my old bosses. Ah, oh. see, if he hadn't died wank- wanking with a noose around his neck, he could have been in one of our films. Yeah, I did get him in a college film. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, we need to see this film. Uh, I have to dig it out, but he does a little introduction for me. That's amazing. Why do you know any other famous people? Joe Patrick Stewart, can we get him in a film? <laughs> if we have enough money, we'll get anyone. Well, apparently, uh, this is random aside, but uh, there was a post which I couldn't va- va- uh, validate, but apparently he's saying that he's not getting any offers, hasn't had any offers for a while because of how old he is. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, give me my films, Patrick. I'll write a film for you. Just do monologues at the screen for two hours. I don't care. Read the phone book. So what you're saying is your price dropping. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. He is in America, um, but I, I could fly over. I'd, I'd suffer that. Um, mm. 
But yeah, so it's, yeah, they, like I say, David Carradine, more famous than Sliced Loan. The Sliced Loan doing his best. Mm. He's doing his best as Machine Gun Dave or whatever the fuck his name Machine is. Machine Gun Joe. Machine Gun Joe. Joe. Like, he's a name for a guy, but, like, he like it doesn't have to be a name that anyone's going to remember. Machine Gun Joe. I'm wondering oh, if it's supposed to be, like, a joke where it's like, Joe sounds like joke. He's a joke throughout the movie. Everybody laughs at him. Ha ha! Oh, and can we appreciate <laughs> the seventies? Like nobody does gratuitous boob shots like the seventies, maybe the eighties, where they literally invent a scene and entire conversational conversations just to show the female like cast member top, topless, like his his navigator. There's literally just a shot, doesn't need to be there, serves <laughs> no purpose of her taking a top off in front of the camera. Like, just yeah. full, just shot. Not even, like, artfully done. Literally, just to see her boobs. And then they have this whole scene where they're all getting naked massages. So you can see all the female cast's boobs. It's like the private naked massage for the whole races together. And then yeah. the press are allowed in. Yeah. So you can get exposition. Maybe. And then two of the girls start a fight so we can see their boobs. Maybe it's, like, showing that they're not seen as human they're just seen as entertainment things or something like that Maybe. i don't really know also my, can i just could you speak at the end like like there's like a fake out where this navigator dresses up as frankenstein and tries to kill the president so david carradine is naked in his car mm-hmm. he's butt naked in his car and he rams the president and i don't know how many points to that because their point system seems way out of whack i know like, but he gets to no be sense. president yeah that's apparently how you become president in this century like you kill the old one Seems legit. I like to think Vin Diesel based like the what was it the Killmongers in Chronicles of Riddick. Oh god! Like this ending, he's like, I need Riddick to you know become like a god. Keep what, keep you, what you kill. If they started chanting "Keep what you kill," it would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been but yeah. so amazing. But that's the weird thing. Like the the characters were weird. They had a German woman who obviously had Nazi low. Well. German military logos on the car. Something yeah. I think is supposed to be some kind of panther. And one which looks like a cow with bull horns. Uh, she's shit. got like that um, rodeo southern kind of cowboy thing going yeah. on, isn't she? Generally pretty crap. Um, and there's a resistance who are completely ineffectual. Like, there's a scene in the movie where they're trying to trap him. And they're trap it, trying to trap Frankenstein. And it's just crap. They literally... It's a wooden they've board. Got, they've got a wooden board. And there's a few, bunch of them to the side. They've got a guy dressed up in a cheap knockoff. How do you even do a cheap knockoff of Frankenstein's costume? So Frankenstein's costume looks like a cheap knockoff of what they actually wanted to go with. Um, and, and like, they go, oh, well, that failed. Can I keep the costume? Um, don't say that. They should do, though. And then, like, so later on, somebody else goes, oh, a shortcut, and drives through the wooden board off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Roadrunner tunnel, isn't it? Like, it literally, is. like a black painted hole. It's a painted board. Like, oh, it's fuck. The least convincing thing you've ever seen. It's that kind of thing where someone probably had a really complicated, genius idea, and it showed up and it looked like that, like, well, we've got to shoot it, we've got everyone here now. Mm-hmm. We've, already paid, we've already paid for catering. <laughs> Let's just get it done and get out of here. Like, oh my god, I, I, I really hope that like, the guy whose name I now can't remember is really happy with this movie, Paul Bartel, because he shouldn't be. And I remember he did the next movie, which is another David Carradine 
race Clark against Wake. the Royal. Clark Wake. Um, he was not happy doing that one because he was worried he was going to go start getting uh, stereotyped as an action director. Oh, I thought you meant as a bad filmmaker. <laughs> it's just like, you're literally making the same movie with the same cast. Yeah. Oh, just, it's just Frankenstein's helmet. When he takes the mask off, I can't wait to tell you if it looks worse without the mask or not. He looks like a walking dildo. <laughs> he definitely I think looks better with the helmet off completely. Yeah. He looks completely unimpressed all the time as well. <laughs> also, I don't really get why they're hiding his, his thing. Do they actually mention why Frankenstein's um, what's his a mystery? Because the thing is, like, he's got the burning underneath the mask, but he takes it off and it, there's no burning, so it's just part of the mask, I'm guessing. Yeah. Again, I think this is one of those ideas that was not fleshed out. Which, when we talk about the remake, I think there'll be like all of these things will have actual like ideas behind them. Because mm. I think the idea is supposed to be like, because I think he's supposed to have the injuries, but like he just hasn't scarred. Oh, okay. But he's hiding his like healthy look for reasons. Reasons that they didn't well, flesh out. I will say about the whole arm thing. He does what while he's having sex, he doesn't take his glove off. Um, so I'm like, is that a fetish, or is it that he said he's had no, a place? No, that is because it is the hand grenade. The hand grenade? Remember later on, he takes the glove off, and there's a grenade literally, like, glued to a silver-looking hand. So his hand I... is a hand grenade. I did not notice that. <laughs> I should pay more attention. God. And that was the best bit of the movie, was this pun. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> she said, what's that? Is that a grenade? Like, it's a hand grenade. It's oh, face meeting good. Oh my god, it actually is. That's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Also, where's that bulge in his glove? He, that's how how slimming black is. It shows no bulges. <laughs> that's terrible. I can only find really small pictures of it, but that's pathetic. <laughs> oh God! What's oh. the point of that? Does he does he use it? Any point? I can't uh, yes, they. Um, I think they killed the Nazi woman with it. They killed one. Of, oh, oh no, okay. I think they killed Machine Gun Joe with it. Oh, okay. Because they're like, ha! Ah, now the president should be worried about us coming because they're like the last ones left. Mm. He said, like, the only thing I'm worried about is how I'm going to shake his hand. Also, they really don't establish like what the Frankenstein's deal is. No, because he's like after oh, he's just killing pedestrians, and even after he finds out this, his navigator is part of the resistance, which is a plot point. Um, not that spoilers are worth waiting for in this. Um, so when he finds out his resistance, he starts coming out of course. He still just randomly kills pedestrians. Uh, it's a weird one because he is on their side technically because he's doing this race so he can shake the president's hand and kill him mm. because he's been. Bred to be like the president's oh, driver. Okay. Yeah. It didn't seem to make it clear why he was doing it. Because I asked a few people who also watched this and I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> like, they didn't think about it at the time. And then, like, didn't think about it afterwards to, like, ask. And then they're like, no, they don't really make that clear. Like, he just wants to kill the president. Okay. And so, so and he, then. I genuinely thought the end scene where he is the president was some kind of after-death dream, dream sequence. Because it was just so ridiculously perfect. And then he just runs over that guy who's like, you can't end the death race. And he's like, I'll run people over then. Yeah. President. president, bitch. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, just, I just like keep remembering things about this movie. <laughs> so yeah, it's like Hot Wheels mixed with wacky races, some mm. boobs thrown in, a gimp. Like the post is ridiculous. Like it shows like a really fancy looking car with two baz- with bazookas and machine guns sticking out the front of it. I don't think that's what the car looks like, or does it? Does it have machine guns actually on the car? I, I don't recall anyone having machines. I think Joe's had some like Tommy Maybe. guns on the side, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was but like a giant knife in the middle. Yeah, okay, that's his car then. The shark car. I don't it's think there was a like... shark car in this movie at all, or the Batmobile. I honestly think if this had been played as a farcical comedy, it would have been better because it looks too ridiculous to be serious. Like, it looks just looks stupid. It's just a stupid. Like, I can't really think of anything I liked about this movie. I think that's kind of what they edited it into. Because I know there's disagreement between Corbin and the director about the tone. Okay. The director wanted to go quite serious, play it straight. Yeah. Which we'll see in the remake. And Corbin was like, yeah, we don't have the money for that. And I think they fought over it and I reckon the director filmed it one way and then Corbin tried to fix it in post. Because you get some of those bits of like run people where it goes whip with those like cartoon like binds. Yeah. And the the whole thing is like, it's like a crap running man with cars. Mm. Like running man, like I think is quite a good movie. Mm. Uh, well, enjoyable movie. But they really establish the whole game show part of it. It's mm. ridiculous, but it's, it's established. Whereas um, this one, it's really kind of like... All of it's very loose. Yeah, that this, doesn't make much sense. I would call this like, you know when you write a first draft? Yeah. You're like, here's the idea, and then you take a few weeks to kind of flesh out the bits that you like yeah. and you know, make it make a bit sense. It's just that they didn't uh, decide to go past that draft. They're like, right, this is good enough. Yeah. It's 90 pages. We're well. It, feel, it feels like a student movie almost, like. I'm guessing they have money to make this, but it feels like a student movie. This was... I looked this up on... Because uh, this ties into the Cultish podcast I do with a couple mm. of people. And I always look at the budgets. This movie mm. was $300,000. Wow. This movie costs less than The Evil Dead. God. <laughs> wow. That's so you can kind of see where the fallings happen. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Like, how... I just want, oh, I suppose actors, insurance kit, I guess, boobs. Yeah, yeah. Like the cost cars. of film that cost yeah. you like two hundred bucks for ten minutes to shoot. God. But uh, I remember there was a grand old story, like, like the the joke around Hollywood for Roger Corman mm. was that he could pitch you a film from a payphone, like write the script in the booth. And then use the change from the phone call to produce it. <laughs> like it. Random note, have you ever noticed Paul W.S. Anderson looks like James Blunt? Uh, not till you just said it, and yeah, I really can see that. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, so, so James Blunt. Neither yeah. of us think highly of this movie. No, it's a bag of crap. It really is. Like the remake is Shakespeare compared to that. And I saw this <laughs> remake ages before I saw the original. Uh, it just seems like one of these originals. It's a cult movie because people remember it and they they 
I don't know, they misremember it or they just have no quality filter or they're just overly protective of something that doesn't really warrant it. But it is a bad movie. It's, mm. it's an objectively a bad and poorly made film. Like, yeah. it just isn't very good. It tries for something and it doesn't get there. You know, it just doesn't, mm. like, reach even the first step yeah. of the ladder to success. It's just, it's a bag of shit. But, you know, the remake slightly better certainly higher budget that feels more like that feels more like a, a Guy Ritchie movie because of the stupid like look at this person mixed with a racing game hmm yeah. But, uh, but yeah anything else to say about the re- the original before we move on to the remake I got nothing else to add I don't think yeah. about it I mean it hasn't aged well in any shape or form it probably didn't look that great to begin with it was cheap by you know um, the 70s standards um, yeah, yeah it's, it's got some moments, but I wouldn't be inclined to watch it again unless I had mm. to. Yeah. Right. Well, moving on to the remake where they dropped the 2000 because it made in 2008, weirdly. Um, and that would have been a shit title, Death Race, Death Race yeah. 2008. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it was entitled Death Race 3000 um, yes. originally. I do remember this original pitch. And this goes for the typical... Private corporations are running the prisons, so that means they can do whatever they want and breach human rights, apparently. Like, it's run completely for profit. What? Like, this this is like, if they did a film where, which we should totally make, where the private corporations take over the NHS and they make cancer patients fight to the death. Like, (laughs) that's not how it works. They're all, for a start, their prisons are already run by private corporations. Like, and they don't, make people fight to the death in car battles <laughs> like, it's just run badly that's what you get you just get mass incompetence and waiting times and overcrowding that's what happens when a private company runs it you don't get death races <laughs> it doesn't happen give it time we're only and Jason Statham so it makes you laugh at Jason Statham in this movie as well is mm. I'm always fascinated by like because in this film America's economy has collapsed Mm. Um, like apparently he does this thing about he works for like he says very explicitly he worked like four hundred hours for twenty dollars or something ridiculous. Um, so I'm always fascinated. Like this guy's English. He's English in the movie because we've established that he can't do American accents. Mm. I just want to know why he lives in America. Like I know he's got a wife there, but she'll have dual citizenship. England. It didn't mention anything about England's economy, so they could both just go back to England. Yeah, they can't afford the flights. Get deployed. Shoot a police officer or something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think they just throw him in jail. <laughs> just, just just, get deported, go back to England, earn some money, send it to her, she gets a plane, job done. Because <laughs> this is the thing about these post-apocalyptic things, always like post-industrial type things. They're always really centred like Hunger Games. It's like, America's this, America's that. I'm like, what are the rest of the world doing? Just watching with popcorn. Yeah. Like, just going, well, I'm really glad they built that wall because fuck that noise. <laughs> <laughs> It's always like America, like of, of of just like screwed up America. So no one's like, hang on a minute, what about England? <laughs> so I love Judge Dredd. Obviously, Judge uh, Dredd, the whole world is a bit fucked. But it's like how, like, because obviously an English comic about these ridiculous Americans and like law, like the judges mm. have taken over and all this stuff, and it's all very extreme, um, like com- comically extreme. But yeah, it's just it's just one of these typical things. Like it's of its time in that. Where they're just like, oh, well, how can we do this? But the original premise was crap. 
or make it the prisoners have to fight and they've got a warden who gets away with the stuff because profit and ratings. Um, you know, a gamer was of this ilk. Mm. It's a very Neville Dean Taylor film, I think, this one. Yeah. It's a very so, Neville Dean Taylor film. Back when we yeah. started criticising uh, uh, reality TV and all those things mm. before they became the humongous like, problem they are now. <laughs> yeah. This smacks of when people periodically claim to care about privatisation. Mm. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Paul W.S. Anderson is English. Yeah, so he might see the benefits of not having a privatised health service. Yeah. We're going to make the one where they make can- where they make patients fight to death. That's our next horror film. Trademark Keith, 2018. The, the NHS has been privatised. It's run completely for profit. They televised death. You know, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Death Ward. Death Ward. Yeah, there we go. Boom. But are we'll you, make it gonna... like a, a rip-off of Mortal Kombat. It's like, Death Ward's not about death, but about I... life. <laughs> are you listening, Anderson? You're going to be our producer on this one. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the cast on this one. I, we didn't really go for the cast original, but I don't know who most of them are. Um, so, this one got Jason Statham, Ian mm-hmm. McShane, who I still remember as Lovejoy. On TV, wearing his big 90s leather jacket and selling antiques. Nice. A bit dodgy. Tyrese Gibson as Machine Gun Joe. Whoa, they changed the race of a main character. That never happens in films. Um, Joan Allen. Yeah. Joan Allen. I like Joan in Allen. In I can't I think really not. remember anything. Actually. Is she in the Bond movies? She is in Face Off. Really? I think so. My God, I haven't seen that in years. Maybe not. What was she in? She, oh, yeah, no, she is. She's Eve Archer. She's um, Face Waterfall's wife. Um, face Waterfall. Face Waterfall. Face Waterfall. Um, oh, yeah, cool. she's she's his wife. Uh, I remember because I watched this into the How Did This Get Made podcast and they just keep calling about Joan Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, yeah, Joan Allen. She's in Face Off. She's in Pleasantville. She's in um, The Notebook, The Bomb Supremacy. Oh, yeah, the, I remember. Yes. As she. Born Automatum. Uh, is she in the Born Identity as well? Is she just in two I think she just comes in from the second one. I think she oh, takes okay. over, doesn't she? Like, she, she does... comes in to find him. Oh, she does the voice of Delphine in, in Skyrim. Huh. Good work, Joan. She's in the um, Born Legacy. All the, most of the Born films, except the first one. She'd be <laughs> kicking herself for not getting on that first film action. <laughs> you know? But, well, she's definitely not going to be in the sequel of Death Race. Because she got blowed up. Spoiler! You say this, but in the trilogy, the other two are prequels. Oh, God, really? Yeah, but they couldn't afford Joan Allen. Her ha. picture shows up in the second one. <laughs> you've got you've got to worry when you can't afford Joan Allen. Uh, like, I'm not saying she's, she's, she's cheap, but she's hardly, you know, trying to think of a major Hollywood star. They you know... Um, what enticed her for this role? What's that? It's apparently, um, oh, if I remember my trivia rightly, was um, she always she hadn't really done any like villainous characters. Oh, okay. And well, and, so, and so she was attracted to being like this villainous character, mm. and thought it was very cool. And Paul Anderson wrote a line that he was desperate to be somewhat like an actor like Joan Allen to say, which was the. Okay, cocksucker, fuck with me and we'll see who shits on the side street. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. (laughs) I literally was like, 
the fuck does that even mean? And like the pair of them, like, that kind of attracted her to it as well. <laughs> she was like, that just sounds badass. No, it doesn't. It sounds like a 12-year-old learning to swear for the first time. <laughs> it's like, okay, fuck dick. Dick a fuck, you fuck dick. That's what it sounds like. That's, that's shit sticks. My breakdown of what the basic version of what it means would be, okay, you, mean name, insert, cocksucker in this instance, like, yeah. mess with me, and we'll see who gets kicked out the house. I get that, but I don't... Like <laughs> we'll see who becomes homeless. I mean, they have public toilets. Maybe like, not in this future. Why, I don't know why you go from, from like having somewhere to live to shitting on a sidewalk. It's just what you do. Like that's the right of passage. Goddamn fuck dicks, <laughs> dick fucks. Uh, so the yeah. cast is better in this one. For the... the cast is better. To be honest, the whole film is better. It's not much harder, except for Frederick Kohler, who I, I nicknamed the Worried Mole. Oh yeah. She looks like I genuinely like this. Just like chubby guy looks worried and's got a fake stutter. Oh, he's just so annoying. <laughs> genuinely wanted him to die every time he was on the screen. He is awful, and like his character is just lame. You know, one of these people you don't believe would survive in prison. Mm. Like, was he just like one of the guards who just decided he wanted to work in the pits? Did they kidnap him? Did they fake him? He never really establishes why he's in prison and how he's alive. I think he's just like friends with Coach, and they're like, "Hey, he's Coach's yeah. friend. We'll leave him alone." Nobody likes Coach. Coach is Ian McShane's character. Yeah. Who apparently has something syndrome. What do you call it? Stockholm syndrome, mate. You know, to fix a car, you can know you can remember the name of Stockholm syndrome. It's fairly <laughs> well known. Um, so yeah, so this this film, it's basically yeah, Frankenstein is a character, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, Frankenstein is a character, and where the beginning you get, you see the old Frank die. Uh, because voiced by David Carradine, mm-hmm. um, you see him die, and then basically, for some reason, they decide this random guy who used to be a uh, a be a race car driver. Let's get let's kill his wife and and frame him, so then he can come to um, he can come and be a new race car driver. Mm. That's the entire thing. Yeah, like, uh, that's because the plot. They can do whatever they want, because apparently that's how this works. And police don't don't look into stuff anymore. Uh, investigation isn't really the done thing. Uh, forensics don't exist uh, because you have to do forensics. You found the guy passed out in the kitchen. He's going to tell you he was drugged. You're going to want to do a blood test. Well, he was hit on the back of the head, wasn't he? No, Knocked no, out. he got he got that gas crap. They gassed him, didn't they? I can't remember. Sounds like they got on this spray with this gas. But I will say that. American law system seems to work well if you have money. Mm. And so I imagine, like, the more expensive lawyer will be like, so what's more realistic? Some people came into his house, murdered his wife. They have a a term for this in in crime. It's called uh, an orgy of evidence. That's when the evidence is too convenient or there's too much of it. And if you had a single investigating officer on the case, like, yeah, it's an adult. Like, it's not... Like it's a really complicated crime. It, the guy was passed out next to his dead wife. Um, like, why was he passed out? No one was like, oh, why is this guy passed out on the floor next to her? Like, just thought he'd take a nap? Well, killing people's hard work. I'm just going to take, I'm just going to lie down here for a bit <laughs> and take a nap. And if he did get bitten on the back of the head, he'd have a head wound. And this also relies on the 
whole thing not being corrupt. Which, yeah. <laughs> if they can do this shit, I think <laughs> this level. There's just, a, just I, I think there's more attention to detail in this. There's a lot more attention to detail. Oh yeah. They explain things. Uh, they bother to set up characters who die very quickly, which kind of annoys mm. me because I'm like I quite like some of them. I like the guy, this guy who thinks that Hennessy, played by Joan Allen, is the embodiment of a death god, mm. and he's there to do her work. He dies pretty quickly because he's an idiot. He literally, <laughs> like, he's in his car, he g- crashes, he gets out of his car, walks into the middle of the raceway, going, "I'm alive, I'm alive," and then gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. Like, ridiculous, um, and it's and yeah, um, that's that. But yeah, some quite it's quite interesting things. Some of them you just like, yeah, just die, mm. just burst into flames. You're not going to be very far. There's the guy who kills um, Satan's wife, mm. who gets his neck snapped. Yeah, because Satan runs him off the road, and then like pull, he starts climbing out, and then he comes out yeah. and breaks his neck, doesn't he? Yeah. So what? So what did you like about this film? Um, the action. The action's really yeah, that's good. True. Um, it's a nice shot. I quite like Statham's performance. I like a yeah. lot of the side performances. Let's be fair, like, um, the dialogue's a bit uh, yeah. rubbishy. Like, it's really um, exposition heavy. Like, somebody is only ever really talking when they're point blank explaining something to the audience. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, I liked uh, so the action, is really what I came for in this one and got. Uh, quite nicely. Um, I like compared to the other one, they fleshed out a bunch of the ideas. Like, oh, the Frankenstein yeah. costume, it's there so she can swap races out all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's as little sense as the this made in places. It made a lot more sense than the original. Like, mm. just just worlds apart. Like, they've actually bothered to write a script mm. for this movie. Well, even if um, um, this is the first time they've swapped it, like, oh, they've used an idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, and the mask it makes sense even though he takes off again because it would be terrible to drive in. Hmm. Uh, it's an awful idea. So at least it's uh, not open topped this time. <laughs> yeah, like nobody else wears it. Hel- like in the first, original, day, at least they wore helmets, and this they don't. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. I like that um, they have the team up between Iris Gibson as uh, Machine Gun Joe and Austin. I like his little thing. Like he has a thing where he when he kills someone, he cuts his face because he's hmm. Christian apparently. So he puts a cut in his face, scars himself for committing a murder, uh, which I thought was nice because it just felt like he had an actual character. Although I loved his throwaway navigators who kept dying. It really <laughs> explained why... Did they actually establish why he had male navigators? Yeah, because they kept dying and audiences oh. didn't like seeing women die. Oh, okay. Was that literally it? Yeah. That's sexist. Yeah. That's audiences. <laughs> oh my God, though. The Japanese one. They went full Japanese body horror. This guy called 14K... Um, and he has because you've got to have match a matching race for your for your navigator. So she's mm. the, she's the same race as him. And they get like this thing comes on that's on a hubcap of a giant truck, comes through the side of the car and grinds her up. It grinds her up. I'm like that is straight out of a Japanese horror. It's like just for that moment they were just like oh we've got to uh, have Japanese horror. And can we just talk as well? Sorry, randomly skipping a beat there. Mm. Uh, that they have. Woman music when the women are on screen. <laughs> black music when the black men are on screen. It's like it's like we've got to have angry hip hop when the um when the black man's on screen. We've got to have sassy woman music when there's women are on screen. You know, who are wearing like vest tops to be a bit sexy, but they're in a car, so you can't see them anyway. So I don't know if that's 
for the audience's benefit or the audience's benefit, if you know what I mean. Because obviously it's a shit TV show in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, no, the action was good. Mm. Like, it was so much better just like yeah. than the original. It may, again, watching the original, it made me really appreciate this movie, the remake. Mm. But just to segue back to 14K, any more combat fans? It's Liu Kang, more combat. Yeah. And uh, Paul Anderson was determined to make him shave his head for this one. Because he's always had a big, black, luscious head of hair. Yeah. Yeah. Even in those movies where ah, someone was criticising Mortal Kombat because of how bad the Liu Kang wig was. It's like, nope, that is Robin Show's hair. <laughs> and can we also say he was in Beverly Hills Ninja? Oh, no way. He was in Beverly Hills Ninja. The uh, tr- the um, slang for which was Kung Fu. Amazing. I also appreciate how 14K's lines are always subtitled. Yes. Yeah, he's speaking Japanese whatever generally but at the end when he's like fuck me you get the, the actually i think is he chinese hang on a minute uh might be being really he racist. might be chinese shanghai i apologize yes. to everybody my apologies i don't know why i kept saying he was japanese Wasn't i know he's fault. chinese he's from hong kong yeah i have hong made kong. the literal mistake one of my friends continuously makes so i lived in hong kong and she keeps telling people i lived in japan uh. <laughs> Turned into your worst enemy. Also, can we just like I'm just looking at pictures now of Robin's show, and can we just appreciate how ridiculously ripped he was in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, like just absurdly ripped. There's no need for most of those muscles. No one needs them. I don't need them, so you don't need them. You know, it is. It's just absurd how ripped he is in that movie. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, like 14k. Yeah. One of the better things in the uh, second death race as well. Yeah. That's 14K's appearance in it. Oh, cool. Because the thing is, I, I liked I liked the characters. This was the problem with the concept of, of Death Race remake. Because in the original, they lasted a lot longer. And they mm. kind of got took out by the rebels slash each other. Yeah. Whereas in this one, they're getting taken out throughout the movie. So you don't really get much of a build-up to their deaths. You get mm. kind of a little bit of a character piece. You get an absurd, like, introduction that the guy whose name I can't remember who did uh, Suicide Squad would have been proud of. Um, oh, David Ayer. And then they get introduced anyway at the beginning of the race. <laughs> yeah. so it's literally, they have the same exposition twice in this movie. There is no need. I guess they're trying to have the public persona versus who they actually are, but they could have, they should have just had it. They, even if they did the bit, use the same footage they used for, for Liam McShane because they did these absurd stage bits of the leaning against their car, <laughs> that could have been the beginning of the show. Like, it didn't make any sense not to have that. Also, if they are genuinely dying in every one of these races, where are they finding all these drivers? Like, they're going to get down to the people who just can't drive. Yeah. Like, sorry, people mate, just get taken out on the first corner because they've just spun the car out. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get worried mold in a car. That's, <laughs> that's going to be it. Uh. It's just a situation where it's like, I get the point of the death race. But it's just that it's kind of deadly, and if you make it through, you make it through. Like, and I was like, oh yeah, they actually just kill each other. That's that's the race, is people die, and conveniently it always gets down to two. Hmm. You know, well, they, to be fair, they did force a hand with that stupid truck. Yeah, they, they made this giant truck, the dreadnought the secret project, the dreadnought, which yeah gets taken out by Jason. Get Jason Statham. I mean, what's this? Why is there a giant truck? What's going on? Why'd you kill my wife? Why'd you kill my wife? <laughs> to get you into the death race. What? So why'd you kill my wife? I yeah. was fucking broke. 
You could literally have asked and offered me money. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, we didn't think of that, Mr. Ames. Also, they don't really establish why he's such a badass because the first time he's in prison, this is the extended cut, I admit, um, mm. not the original. The first time he's in prison, he goes into his cell. And there's all these white fascists who look like they're going to you know, have their way with him. And he beats the crap out of all of them. And it's like, yeah, but they don't really establish why he's a ninja. Well, you see, Jason Statham is what we call a Mary Sue character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's one of the bits that I don't like on, like, me watching, you know, mm. since I think start thinking about character stuff. It's like, oh, Ames is just really good at everything. Yeah. But, okay, I get ex-NASCAR driver, supposedly one of the best, um, failed a drugs test or, like, Punched someone and got thrown out. Something got disqualified. Which definitely banned. wouldn't get you. Neither of those things, I don't think, would get you kicked out of NASCAR. I have no it's, idea. It's hillbilly racing, <laughs> hillbilly rally driving. It's like you'd be drunk at the wheel, and no one would kick you out. But like, <laughs> I don't barred know from doing it. Yeah, yeah. I guess they could yeah, easily too sober. Yeah, easily have thought of other ways. And it's just like, oh, okay, so why is he good at fighting? Why is he martial arts suddenly? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a bit weird. I could see him being I a mean, brawler or something. That yeah. Fit. Well, that bit did get kicked, cut out of the uh, theatrical cut, didn't it? Yeah, when he first yeah. like beats those guys in the cell, that got cut out. The bit when it's in the lunch hall. So that mm. would have been our first badass moment in the theatrical. Yeah. But yeah, that bit, I mean, it's like, fair play is a good driver, but I don't get why... He's doing that. Also, like they're in with like serial killers, and they've all got terminal print on their back. So I don't get why he is. Um, like everyone's like, "Oh, you killed your wife." I'm like, "You probably killed a bunch of people." Oh, there is a you? weird Cause... hierarchy in prisons. Yeah, like you kill guys. You would know from all the time you served. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from all the late night documentaries I watched. Yeah, but I had to do the pat testing in a prison. That was uh, really an experience. <laughs> Check the electric chair. Yeah. Uh, this is safe. This is Wait, unsafe. That's the point. <laughs> that's the point. Um, but yeah, you're saying a hierarchy in prisons? Yeah, um, but like things like rape and murdering women or children are seen as like lesser. You go down the list on those kinds of things. So like prisoners are very abusive to like wife killers or yeah. um, particularly like people who murder children or pedophiles. Like you're buggered if you go to prison. <laughs> Then you're one of those. Yeah. That's just, you know. But if you kill a guy, that's fine. Yeah. Right? That's so, well, fine. you know, probably an asshole. Deserved it. You might get slapped about. Have to prove yourself. You know, you can stand yeah. up for yourself. Well, that's sexist. That is that's sexist. Oh, you kill a guy. Must have deserved it. Hang <laughs> on a minute. You know. Oh, oh well. But, yeah. That's it. Well, uh, I suppose that makes sense in a way. But it was just like, you killed your wife. Mm. Had you met my wife? It's really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. Oh, um, easy man. Didn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh dear. But yeah, so it's like, uh, I mean, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's his um, navigator, Jason Statham, who I couldn't pick out of a lineup. Um, she's cleavage number three. Chase. <laughs> Chase. Chase, yeah. Also, like, they're all like, oh, we got to shoot him from behind. I'm like, they, they, the first race is like, oh, 
I'm gonna. I can make it. I can make it when he could have just dropped round and side jumped them. I've played burnout through. <laughs> I know he knocks them off the road. Although his car was bigger and heavier, I guess. Mm, and it was like his, their one thing was like we've got the tombstone, which is this giant chunk of metal on the back of the car, which protects their fuel tank, and they could just drop it. And it's like it doesn't seem like there'd be. a... I mean, I suppose you get speed, but there is no protection underneath that thing mm. for the fuel tank. So it's not like they've got that, and they have some lesser armor underneath that'll keep them going for a while. They literally just completely exposes their fuel tank. Mm. I think the hope is that it just smashes into your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Which it does. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it doesn't both times. Yeah. I think it does the first time and I think he's alright. Ah, uh, yeah. Something. I think he goes on his roof and he's generally okay. Probably kills his navigator. <laughs> yeah. Dear. I think it does, actually. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, this one doesn't particularly follow much on the original. I thought maybe there was one or two scenes that it lifted and followed yeah the ending the ending they have where for some reason humanity sprouts a second boiler suit and gives it to her because she, she oh, yeah, puts the on the outfit and yet for some reason again where does he get the spare boiler suit from he doesn't carry a change of clothes in his fucking car does he like <laughs> and they hadn't planned that so why why did he suddenly have this, sec- this second set of clothes randomly um but yeah the fake out so she puts the mask on pretends to be him and it works which which makes sense, but she's still let out of prison, even though she broke out of prison. I don't know. I don't know how prison works. Just do what they like. Um, you keep what you kill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it just they they jettison pretty much everything that didn't work for the original. Just make it about these people racing. Obviously, they're prisoners. This is an American movie, so they're prisoners who are bad guys. So mm. they deserve human rights. That's how America works. So it makes sense that they're like that. They've changed that as well. Because it was running over members of the public was a bit weird. Yeah, I remember um, when Paul Anson was talking about this movie, he was saying like they dropped the point system because it went nowhere in the original film. Yeah. So why kind of like bother with it? And that the idea was this could be the original death race before it became a worldwide or like a country length race. Mm. So maybe it started with prisoners before being like the general public could imply- apply. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Like they could have yeah. gone, oh, yeah, everybody um, gets a go. Hmm. I think that was mostly down to budget. Because I think they originally wanted a massive budget back when it was going to be Death Race 3000. Yeah. It's going to have, like, very Super Mario-style, like, um, power-ups and things. Like, cars could start to fly and turn invisible and stuff. I did like the power-up thing. I did like the fact it was mm. like a computer game. Yeah, that was quite cool. I thought that that was, you know, they had to turn on to go over the things to turn on their um their weapons and stuff. And it was quite clever how they used it to beat the um beat the dreadnought thing. Yeah, so that was quite good. Mm. Um, yeah, so there was lots of, again. There was lots to like about it. Mm. There was lots to like about it, and it's it's just worlds better than the original. It's not even close. It's not even like I have to go. Which one <laughs> did you prefer, Warren? Yeah. It's just a like a better. It's a much better movie. There's no. Ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, trying to think of other things to mention, really. I mean, the cat, I say the rest of the cast were generally okay. They were there. Most of them died too early on to form an opinion about. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, like, the navigator at the end starts to introduce himself and things like, you're not going to be around long enough. And he isn't. <laughs> he is around for 10 whole minutes and then dies. Like, <laughs> they really should armor that side of the vehicle. Why do you even have a navigator? It's not like they don't know the course by heart by now. They've driven it like 600 times. 
Yeah. Where are they navigating them to? They know where everything is. I guess their one job is to like just double check that the lights are on on the the shields and things, and then push the buttons so that the driver doesn't have to do shit. (laughs) Well, it's like, this is what I'm talking about. It's like when you play a computer game, you play a track, you learn where all the power ups are, you know them by heart. Mm. Like, you don't need a navigator. You don't need someone sitting next to you, you got power up coming up, there's one on your left, there's one on your right. It doesn't, that's not how you play. And you can just press the buttons, because again, you can, computer games. (laughs) But hey-ho. But yeah, and when I I mentioned Gamer, it's much better than Gamer. Makes a lot more sense (laughs) and doesn't give me as big a headache. Um, Overall, yeah, I mean, I like the film. Hmm. Saw it years ago, and I saw it again now, and I like it. I like it. It's Heath's a good Statham vehicle, I think. Yeah, it's not deep. It's not overly clever, but it's cool action with cars. Yeah, try to see if there's anything interesting. Um. Oh, okay. The he was going to go in to do the new. I don't know. Did he go? Did they even think about Statham for the sequel? They just go now. We're doing this. Uh, they might have done, and I guess the budget probably dropped because I don't think this was a huge smash when it came out. Seventy-five million six hundred seventy-seven six hundred seventy-seven thousand five hundred fifteen dollars, of which thirty-six million was from North America. Ah, yeah, budget was apparently forty-five mil. That's, That's a not low bad. budget. That yeah, is. Yeah, the thirty-five in the US would have made them drop the budget because they don't seem to care about the worldwide unless they. Mm. Like really pushing that they succeeded something. If you honest, this isn't a worldwide appeal kind of movie. Really, it's very American. Mm. It's very kind of criminals are bad. They deserve to die, and all this that and the other. So it's like it's a lot. It's it's one of these things where it's just like, yeah, it's a big cars, blow it, explosions, that kind of thing. Action. It's a very American movie. Well, that's a bad thing. Cause yeah. I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's it's really. Next time we should watch Death Race 2050. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that looks even worse. It's like Drag Race gone wrong. Oh dear. The uh, the plot to Death Race 2050 is a bit silly. A bit silly. Just reread the plot to the original Death Race and you have the plot to Death Race 2050. Which oh, is really? supposed to be a sequel to Death Race 2000. <laughs> is this a 2017 film? Yeah, it only came out like, a couple of years ago. Wow. I think yeah, of looks, last year. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it came out four years ago for the still I've seen alive. Mm. I think they're trying to do that nostalgic look because a lot of people seem to like that. To be fair, probably, yeah. Is it supposed to be a sequel? Because it looks kind of like it's supposed to be a it remake. It says sequel slash reboot. Yeah, <laughs> cause, reboot, as if anybody remembers the original. Um, except us. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just it looks like a remake to me. Have you seen it? No. See, you could have done a triple. Could have done. I found the original. Watch that one. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe I'll watch the sequels. Maybe I won't. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, this is the weird thing. Like, I suppose Roger Corman did Death Race. What was involved with 2050? Was he actually involved with it? I think he's a producer on it in some form. Oh, okay. Because yeah, because the Death Race in 2008, Death Race 2050. They've obviously done sequels to Death Race 2008. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just oh, I'm getting confused with Death Race verse. Yeah. Oh, dear me. But yeah, cool. Well, I think that's about it. Is there anything else worth mentioning? I think we ripped it to shreds. I think the only thing that might be interesting is how um, this movie was originally going to be something bigger. It's 
Mm. Uh, it was going to star Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh, it's still produced by Tom Cruise. And uh, Paula nice. Wagner. That was their production company that produced this. Yeah. And I guess when he decided... I guess he went on to do a Mission Impossible instead of this. And that's <laughs> when it like dropped down and became... Instead of the big like Super Mario-esque, fantastical, super sci-fi thing to the prison race. Yeah. I would love to see, I would love to watch that. I would love to where it is kind of Racky Races, Mario Kart, mm. Insanity. Um, I would watch that movie where it is supposed to be ridiculous and cartoonish because mm. obviously this goes hard and heavy and serious. Mm. But like it, yeah, the original should have been a comedy because it wasn't. It take took itself too seriously to be funny because mm. you because you like laughing was like should I laugh at this? this is yeah. really sad. Am I enjoying this in the way they intended, or is it just ironically enjoyable? <laughs> oh no, I was just angry at the filmmakers for <laughs> this thing existing for not the entire time. I was just like, oh, if he wasn't already dead, I'd go just punch David Carradine in the face. And apologize <laughs> to David Carradine. Been for enough. Um, but yeah, no, that, that original was just awful. It's just an awful, 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 awful movie. And this, and I completely can we agree that. We like this the remake better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's not a discussion to be had with anything. This vote. improves on everything in every way. You know, yeah. it's a simple movie like the original, but it fleshes out some of the ideas that they had, like putting a reason for the Frankenstein mask and yeah. Well, and to be fair, it gives the character a bit of motivation. Other than I want to kill the president, mm. doesn't have a grenade hand. Hand grenade, um, yeah. so it really is a grenade hand or a hand grenade, mm. um, and yeah, it's just like the action's better, the cars look better, look more industrial and handmade. Mm. Whereas again, the original was like, are these supposed to look crap, or are they ironically crap, or are these actually the best attempt to at making a really cool car? Because mm. if because obviously TV shows like well, it's kind of a TV game show. I do think the remake benefited from having a track as well. Yeah, because again, you could see that where they were filming, it. like you could almost see where they were filming it from. Obviously, if the track is understandable, whereas if it's cross country and they've got no, there's like no drone cameras. I mean, obviously, you could if you remade it that version, you could make it with drone cameras, hmm. like as a thing. But um, yeah, overall, I'd say yeah, definitely the remake by a few thousand country miles, <laughs> two thousand miles, six months. 2,000 miles later. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's that. We that then. Uh, obviously, let us know what you think. If you're a massive fan of the original, please, God, tell us why. Um, and if you like the remake, you agree with us, do let us know. Uh, mm. Keep it civil as always. Obviously, check out any of our other remake versus original um, podcasts. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them on the podcast app that you can download for um, Apple devices. And there's one you can get for uh, Android as well, which I can't remember at the moment, but you'll find it. It's got a purple logo. Um, we're also on SoundCloud and YouTube as well, Stab in the Dark Films. So, um, obviously, if you want to check us out on there, we've got, yeah, it's all there. Hopefully, we'll make some films at some point as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And Warren, do you want to coach people and treat people to follow you on the medias of social? Yeah, I am on the medias of Show Show. You can find me on Twitter at Warren underscore Podensky. And you can also see a movie that me and Keith made uh, called Simon, which uh, 
Also costs less than the Evil Dead. Yep. <laughs> and again, it's on Amazon, Prime, Voodoo, Google Play, and various other streaming services. I don't know. It was on other streaming services. It was just Amazon Prime. So there you go. Right, I We've all learned something. Oh, there's more. Hope you came with a royalty check. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. There you go. Um, yep. So check us out. Key was posted. We'll obviously put links in the description on YouTube and you know, to other stuff that we do. Um, and yeah, catch you next time. <laughs>